0: Hey, everybody, this is Lonnie Sweet from the Sweet Management Group, and you are either listening to or watching the Never Sell Ice to Eskimos podcast, where we talk to uh, sales executives from the culinary, sports, general business, and entertainment worlds about their journey, uh, about being a salesperson in this industry and what it took to get to where they are today. So whether you're listening in your earbuds, you're sitting in front of your computer, I appreciate you stopping by and hope you enjoy. All right. This is uh, the Never Sell Ice to Mess Eskimos podcast. Excuse me. My name is Lonnie Sweet um, of Sweet Management Group. Rini, I haven't told you yet. I'm changing the name of my company from the Connect Group to Sweet Management Group. I am excited today because I've got another um, old friend of mine. I say old just because we've known each other for a long time. Um, Dating back to, God, when I moved to New Jersey, Rini Anderson, Rini has been at the NFL um, for 16 years. She started when she was like 14, which is amazing. Right. Um, She's now the, the chief revenue officer and EVP of NFL partnerships. She oversees all sponsorships, all partnerships for the NFL and for um, all media sales related to the NFL. Uh, she is a 2016 Wise Woman of the Year. She is a sports business journal, Hall of Famer. she got all the freaking accolades um Rene, and i don't know if you remember this or not when i was in college Reini was working at the arena football league for commissioner baker and for some reason i do I remember had,
1: this i remember yes,
0: i had like a hard-on for working for the arena football League. And so <laughs> for some reason i was in sports management i would write letters because email wasn't a thing then i would write letters no, and call and be like hey Reini." there was a couple other people working in the league like I want to come work for you guys, and I want to go. I almost took an internship for the Florida Bobcats, right? I had accepted yep. it, and and my guidance counselor was like, "Listen, probably not a good idea. I got a better one up at Wolf Associates." But I remember like pounding you guys, like, "Hey, I want to come work for you. I can work for you?" And obviously, never worked out. But then when I went to work at SFX, and we were we were just talking about sharing cubes, and like lo and behold, my cube back into the office was ringing in Commissioner Baker. Um, and that's where we got this relationship going. I just remember thinking in my mind, like it was such a small world and they're like those cubes, I was, I've, you've stayed in touch with a lot of these people. I've stayed in touch. It was so amazing. The amount of talent we came out of that place. So yeah. listen, I, I appreciate you. Um, and you're crushing it, which is amazing. Oh,
1: well, that's so nice. I'm happy to be here. And it's funny, like those cubes, it, 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 that's where it's like staying in touch with people. is So important in our industry. And we were around, that was I think in 2000. Yeah. Um it was prior to 9/11 so it was in 2000. Definitely prior to 9/11, yeah. And I, it's we were in like Cube City and you had you know, arena football had a cube and major uh indoor lacrosse, major league lacrosse. Major league it. lacrosse, yeah. And we had all of these different agents that were working on a variety of things. I have a visual like someone was working had the women's national soccer uh, team poster of when I think they won the Olympics when Brand uh, Brandy yep. Castain had like Josh, Josh
0: Schwartz yes that's he right had that it right Brandy. next yeah. to the
1: cube in that space and so you know we were all in our early 20s at that point and so now you fast forward a few years forward and most of us are all still in the industry clearly a little wiser and older and greater experience greater. having yep, sure. keeping relationships is so important um, along the way
0: so. it really is let me let me ask you a question I just want to dig into this and and you guys are in a different spot, right? The league. I think you guys asked everybody to come back into the office, right? We obviously went through a couple of years. We've been coming back
1: long before most people, like people are like, are you worried about getting COVID on the train? And I'm like, no, I'm worried about getting murdered on the train. So,
0: (laughs) What I I find awesome about that is like, I I talked to a lot of kids and talked to a lot of people about like our, my journey when I was younger and yours, it's very different now, right? Like, yeah. We're talking about the people that we were around on a daily basis. We went to have lunch with, went to have drinks with like all of my best relationships in the industry came from those times. Cause we were in the pits together. Right. Yeah. You don't really have that now. Right. Well, you guys might, but there are a lot of places that don't like, how do you combat, how do you make up for, for not yeah, having I that? think
1: one thing that's interesting and that's a little bit like you'd go, I don't know if you worked at an arena bowl with us, uh, but like you go work for two weeks on an event it's like your family, right? It's, yeah. you're, you're together. Sometimes you don't sleep, right? Cause you're you're twenty 24 seven. And so here at the NFL, we do have an in-office culture. I mean, it's, we do, it's funny. I just got off a virtual call here in the office with people in the office and everyone was <laughs> in their office. One guy was out. So, but it's, it's pretty wild because we are an in, in-office culture. I would say, so my scope is I have sponsorship, consumer products, um, game, video gaming, blockchain business, Legalized sports betting, uh, media sales, and they're all very in partnership management. So people that kind of keep everybody connected. Yeah, there, all of those groups are somewhat different. Like the the sponsorship group, they don't have anything really. They 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 have to go work with all of the different departments here in the building in order to execute on the contracts of all of our sponsors. And so it's really important that they build those relationships with our football operations team if we're integrating the Microsoft mm-hmm. service tablet or some of that technology or, um, or with our a community relations team if we're talking about nationwide and, and integrating into the man of the year program. And so that in-office relationship and kind of you know building those that trust, because frankly, a lot of it is you know, getting to know people, you, you have things in common, and then also yeah. the, the trust that you build with colleagues is so important. And so we have that here. and obviously for us, those moments of togetherness, you know the kickoff of the obvious of Super Bowl, the draft, we continue to evolve. Our teams have to be in lockstep, our event group, all of those things. So um, it's been important. We've been back in the office. I think we were only virtual for maybe three to six months. We wow. came back a lot earlier than everybody at a two-day, a, 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 a day. There were no restaurants. Every restaurant around our office was closed. Every hotel has been closed. You know, that they're slowly open. New York City's back now. But yeah. so it we were way sure. And it's tough for people, like people, you know, that flexibility and stuff. And we still have a little, we have some flexibility, but we always did. I mean, when you work in sports, you work on holidays and weekends. Yeah. And it's not nine to five like I work at a bank. And so there is, that flexibility has always been there um, in, in the reality of it, but that in-office culture is
0: super important. Yeah, let me ask you, because I think you might have taken a different path, like, how did you, did you always know you wanted to be in sales? Like, when I first met you in Arena, you were not in sales at all.
1: No, I thought I wanted to be a writer, so I was like, I went to college to be a writer, and I moved to California to be a writer, and then I ended up I, I had to pay rent and so i needed money and so i i met dave baker he needed an assistant so when i right. met you i had been his assistant for two yeah. years in california working for dave and doing a little bit of his personal stuff like personal assistant as well as office stuff because there were like eight people on the staff so you kind of got the ability to do everything Yep. so when, when we moved to the east coast it was like you know there's a few of us that volunteered to move to the east coast to start the east coast office um and ended up people dropped the they left and i was supposed to learn about consumer products and supposed to learn about sponsorship sales uh, from they hired this guy for president of properties, but he he quit. He never came to the office out in that Metro Media building. And so that's where I, that I remember I,
0: who that was. Yeah. yeah. And then you
1: remember Jeff Sofka, yeah. he helped me on, I, I took the consumer products business in-house because there was nobody else to do it. He was supposed to do it. And I think we made like a hundred grand that year. And I was like drive, driving around the country, shaking down licensees and creating T-shirts, designing T-shirts. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. And then they hired a year later, this guy, Glenn Harine. You yeah. probably know Glenn from the NHL. And he, yep. we, that's when we moved out of that office and we got temporary space here in Manhattan. He was the president of properties at that time. And he thought, he said, your skill set would be better served in sponsorship sales. So I was like, okay, I'll try that. Um, and so I did that there for another six years, like Evolve, learn from him we had a variety of people that we we hired. Um, that's where I met Lorenzo, you know, when Lorenzo worked at SFX, Reno, he came yeah. over Arena Football and worked with us. Um, Tuck was there the too Broadway when group. Emily was there, right? Yeah, yeah. Emily and Assets, uh, came over and worked in our broadcast. My, my
0: group. former roommate, by the way, if you don't right? remember. Right, exactly. In Little yeah. Falls,
1: New Jersey. Am I is it, that it right?
0: Was, it was me, Jim Tucker, and Emily in Cedar Grove, New Jersey. Yeah. yeah.
1: So um, so I totally remember that. So yeah. um, so um we um which was, which was great. And so I kind of fell into it. I mean, I think when I was in college, I liked sports. I always liked sports. I did an internship at the sports department, but I didn't know these jobs existed. I I didn't know that, I mean, working in sports at that time was like Jerry Maguire or being like Bob Costas on air. Like you didn't know that <laughs> these roles were a thing. And now like there are, and you go to college and you can actually major in this job. Like that's whatever. what I did, by
0: the way. I mean, which sports. is which have been, yeah.
1: some people though, a very different path. They are very laser focused. They knew they wanted to be a leader in business of sport. I didn't really know that. And so
0: yeah.
1: I think I was always really good at telling stories and, and I think, I took that skill set and just adapted it into the sales, and then the the just the natural relationship. I'm relatively good at keeping up with people, and um, and I think that kind of helped enhance kind of my sales arm. Funny enough, today I don't really do sales. We have a, a team. I oversee the sales group, um, but I, you know, it, it is fun when you get in and you start talking in a negotiation. If I'm involved, usually now it means there's a problem. Um, right. or or it's it's just to help things on the relationship side. But yeah, um but it's an interesting path and I'm you know I'm so blessed and happy to I sound silly, but I'm like so happy to be here. I had no idea. Like I'm from Kentucky. Yeah. I, my office is on Park Avenue. It's crazy. Which is amazing.
0: I don't how, know. how did that evolve, Like, How how did you you know, I, I think about sales style a lot, right? I think about there's all different types of salespeople, right? In this world, right? And I know what I am. I used to be and still are very much an aggressive, hard sales guy, right? But I've learned to kind of shut my mouth a little bit more and listen a little bit more and I've adapted. You know, there's certain people that sit in a room, they don't say a damn word, right? Until the end, they crack a joke, they take you golfing and they close a the deal, right? There's yeah. some people that are more until like, how did you, how did you find your sales style? How did you kind of mature and grow into it?
1: Yeah. I think a little bit was, I knew that there's a picture of like, you know, the sales guy, like car salesman guy, Right. that's clearly not me. And, but I did know that if, if I have a goal and I have a, a job to do and it's to go out and find a way, like I'm a good problem solver. And so I always looked at it more of, of, you know, my problem today is I've got to go sell this thing. And that necessarily that's a right. problem. It's an opportunity, but to look at it more of understanding what their goals are, I am a pretty good listener. Part of it is finding a middle ground and a solution, I think, is good. Um, I'm probably not your normal sales person in the sense of um, I'm aggressive and I can go after it. But I think sometimes it, it, it the part of my style is you don't really know you're being sold something. And so, so I think that, yeah, but, but at the same time, I don't know if that's, You know, I think, you know, Neneo Asamon runs our our new business here and he's just a a cool professional. Like he, he, he spends so much time on relationships and that's so important because people buy things, especially nowadays, you you know, it has to really work and they do it for different reasons. Sometimes it's because their CEO is a huge fan. That's sometimes the worst reason to ever do a deal. Um, Other times it's like, Sponsorship sales is so different than like media sales where you have like eight different broadcast partners that they have to have your rights. In this space, you know, if you're talking to an tire company or a beer company, they don't have to have you. They can go buy advertising. So you have to be really creative and figure out a reason and and an influence of why it's a really good idea for them to spend millions and millions of dollars for you and what the guarantee is that that it's going to help them. Um, and so I think that that creative side of it, Neneo has that he's great and working within the internal parts of the NFL here. But I think that's something that understanding that the influencing side of it is something that I'm relatively good at.
0: Yeah, that's I awesome. Guess. I yeah, guess I as, th-
1: as people, I don't know, they would tell you one way or the I'm
0: other. I'm pretty sure they have. As I've gotten older, I've figured, no, I figured out, I've just come to realize that uh, win-lose partnerships are the worst right? If you're selling something to somebody they don't want or they don't need, and they feel like they got taken advantage of, it's really a terrible spot to be in. And yeah. it's and it's a, it's not a good, and by the way, it's not a good feeling to feel that way yourself, right? Like if you feel like you got taken advantage of or you paid too much, or this has got to be that sweet spot of, boy, I feel really good about that partnership. Maybe I gave up a little bit of something that I didn't want to give up, but so did they. And kind of being able to figure out that balance, I always felt as, as Again, it's called never sell eyes to Eskimos, right? And the reason is because why the hell would you sell eyes to an Eskimo? They don't need it, right? Yeah. So being, being able to figure that out, I think is always really important.
1: Well, that's where it's always interesting. Like, I think there's an, an, an assumption that people are just calling us all the time here at the NFL um, because they want to spend money with us. And look, there's some truth to that in a sense that they want to be with the NFL, but we're not, yeah. we're not fielding a lot of calls. There's an expectation because there's a value to it. We don't do just any deal, and it can be intimidating to think about how much you need to spend in order to do that here. So it's, an, it's, a, it's a very interesting proposition that we have here. And it's like, it's really challenging. It's really fun.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, you know, so every day is a little bit different. So you kind of never know what's going to happen.
0: For sure. Um, so I got to, you know, you some questions before and some of these other things. Yep. I'm curious, like mistakes, right? I, I, I think that taking risk and mistakes is such a huge a part for me. It has been an important part of growth, right? Um, you got a couple that stick out in your mind over your career that like, man, I really royally screwed that up. And this is what I learned from it. And I'm happy that it happened in, in hindsight.
1: Well, I, there's one where it's more about, I think it's somewhat humbling and, and it's not necessarily a mistake, but it was more the arrogance that I had that I would talk about right. So when the very first deal I did here at the NFL was the Bridgestone Super Bowl halftime show. So it was when Bridgestone did the entitlement of the Super Bowl halftime show, which is, it was like two years after the whole like Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake fiasco. right? Um, And it took about eight months. Yep, also known as that. Um, um, (laughs) And so it took about two years. I had started, it was sort of the first thing that I was given as a task that was mine to sell. And it took about two years, 18 months to find someone that was uh, that a brand that was interested and their goal at the time was to become the number one brand they were number three at the time and I, um, I negotiated the deal with Kern Egan if you, if you know Kern, I know Kern yeah. and yeah. the funny thing is about the deal we, we verbally agreed on the phone but that day I was in the hospital having a baby, my daughter Callie, August 23rd oh, 2007. And he was like, we agreed verbally. And we both were kind of like, we didn't know what we were doing. Like, what's happening? We're kind of winging it. And it was sort of the biggest deal either of us had ever worked on. And he goes, okay, well, let's get the lawyers on the call, like, tomorrow. And I said, listen, man, I didn't tell you this, but I need two days. I'm in the hospital. I'm having a baby. I've been induced. Um, I need you to give me two days. And he was like, what? And so he did. I had the baby. She's great. Um, we call her the – she's the Bridgestone baby. Um, but my – so we get the deal done, we can do the contracts. And so I was like, I felt like I was hot shit. And I'm like, I just closed this huge deal. Now I'm on maternity leave. So I thought, okay, well, I got to go to the office. One, I'm going to bring my baby because so everybody can see her. She's great. But two, so everybody can give me high fives and tell me how awesome I am. Because I just closed this big ass insane deal at the National Football League.
0: Right. So
1: I walked down to, we were at uh, 280 or 280 Park at the time. I, you know, all the way in my stroller, all the way down, get into the office. People are like, oh, the baby's so cute, but nobody was talking about the deal. And I swear I had my feelings hurt. I'm kind of like, this should be a ticket tape parade for me here. You right. <laughs> assholes. Like I was so angry, but then it, I said to someone, I'm like, you know, no, no congrats on the deal. They're like, well, we emailed you. Like, you know, what, what are you working on now? And it was, it kind of hit me like, oh, I was hired to do deals. Like, I actually am sitting here thinking I'm hot shit, but I just actually just did my job. And by the way, I actually need to go do more of those in order to maintain and exceed expectations. Like it was a really, I think because I was so enamored with the, how much money the deal was, and how big the platform was, I forgot that. um, And it was completely humbling of like, oh, that's my job. And it's been interesting. Now I'm going into my 17th season now. It's like, And I remember early on, like I had one job to do and it was new business and it wasn't just do one new deal. Like I had pretty significant other areas that I had to focus on. And so it was, and I don't think it was a mistake, but it was a a very immature, it was a very immature moment that I was like, you know, again, somewhat of the arrogance that I think a lot of people in sales can have, but realizing like, oh no, that's why we pay you. I think we expect right. you to do that. And then what else are you working on? I'm like, well, I'm on maternity leave. But it was funny <laughs> because it was helpful to me. I had a, I, I had a guy on a team one time and he was in the new business uh, group and he hasn't worked here for a long time. And we were doing reviews. And he, if if it's, if there's a scale from one to five, five means you're like exemplary. Four is you're exceeding expectations. Three is you're, um, um, you're doing the job and two means you're not doing the job and one means you're the, you're you're out of here he had given himself a 5 and i'd given him a 2 and part of it was he had never sold a deal here and which by the way is hard his complaint his he was very frustrated with me and he was like but you know i was so close on all these deals and i'm like dude tom brady doesn't talk about the deals he are the super bowls he almost won right like he you the almost uh, deal isn't a isn't a deal the, the, it's zero you know? And so I think that's an expectation. And sometimes you see that in, a, in the comp there's confidence and then there's arrogance, right? Yes. And so I think I initially, when I did that deal, I was arrogant. It wasn't confidence. And I think it really evolved. It was so humbling for me. It was a good lesson. And I talked to college kids about it all the time, because what's your job? Well, your job is to do sales. Well, yeah, that's great. Celebrate it next day, move on. Like, and that's where it's, it's important to, to remember that. And it's funny yeah. because, Mistakes have been where I've, you know, maybe I I have worked over the years. I'm very passionate. I can be, um, I can be very hot as a relationship or probably if there's going to be an argument, I typically will stand up and be ready to have the argument versus not. And I've really worked on that over the past because I'm not curing cancer here. And so I have right. the reality of, um, and I don't, again, not saying those are mistakes. That's just, I'm not built any other way, but I think I've learned how to temper that and really think about, um, how to balance my, uh, emotions. And, and, and that's true of anybody. If it's, if it's, you know, the excitement, I mean, you kind of, someone was presented to owners recently and afterwards they, there was a vote and there it was positive. And the two guys, they did a high five in front of like all the owners. And I'm like, dude, you got to act like you've been there before, like, be right. cool. and so I think there's a part of that, of that professional growth of of how you manage your temperament all that and that's been something that for me was really important because if you had talked to anybody 15 years ago it's like oh red face reading, i mean she gets mad easy She's, (laughs) she's like on it and i don't i don't like to make mistakes like i like to prepare and so i'm very i'm very intense and so i think that that intensity is still there but i also think there's a bit of grace that goes along with it now
0: how do you, how do you self-reflect? Like that's, that's, such an interesting kind of thought process you just ran through about the evolution of you as a, as first off, it's not just you as a salesperson, it's you as a human being, right? You raise two children, you know, like life happens and you grow from life just by nature. Right. But how do you, do you self-reflect a lot? You spend a lot of time like reading kind of those types of books. Like what is it that you're doing to kind of grow?
1: Well, I think there's a couple of things where professionally here for like employees. I've had every job. So I kind of know what it's like. And so it's where I can, I feel like I can relate to everyone from the receptionist, to the assistant, to the person that's doing new business, to also not knowing like that whole idea, like everybody gets imposter syndrome, right? And it's like not, not unique to women or anyone, but I think I have felt all of those still do sometimes. I think part of it is uh, for me, I mean, I, I I listen to a lot of music, and so I because I commute on the train, and so I right. you know, I do. Sometimes it's it's funny. Like depends on the mood I'm in that morning. If it's like 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 kick-ass music, that's like you know either rock or rap, or if it's like it's a like coffee house, cool jazz, acoustic, or is it frankly like Christian music where it's like something you hear within the church, and it's like you know very like soothing and like or yoga when you go to yoga class and it's like calm and chill like it kind of depends and i think will sometimes sets my mood for the day because when you get to manhattan there's like a rhythm here and when you're i get out i pop out of 48th street from the train and between 48th and 51st i kind of know what kind of day i'm gonna have and partly i'm based off of the music i'm listening to so i don't know if that's necessarily self-reflection i am somewhat thoughtful of, I replay things in my head a lot, discussions I had, things I could have said differently in important conversations if I didn't prepare or if I said something that might have hurt someone's feelings or, you know, um, I, I try to be thoughtful of my the words I choose because words are impactful. And I think as a parent, we learn that too, especially now that I have teenagers and words sure. matter. might. Oldest daughter plays softball and she wants to play softball in college. And she has very high, she's very intense. I don't know where she gets it, but she's,
0: <laughs> she's had high,
1: high, high expectations. She loves the idea of being able to go to UCLA or, you know, Oklahoma, these, these major schools. And I said to her one day, I said, you know, Kelly, it's okay if you don't go to college and play softball. And it was like I slapped her in the face. And it was like, <laughs> I can't believe you don't believe in me. And i and and I realized the words, although simple, meant so much more to her than yeah. than I even considered. And so I think being a parent and then also being, you know, an executive and like, like being thoughtful of the words. And so I, I know that's not necessarily self-reflection. Oh, I but I do think is. about. Some of that is it, re- frankly, it reflects on to other people and, and has an impact.
0: The fact that you just said red face rainy before means that you have, you have spent, whether you realize it or not, a considerable amount of thought uh, about what you used to be like and that growth yes. along the line. Literally, well, it's like, like
1: self-awareness. It's that yeah. whole thing, being self-aware. And sometimes like know what your strengths are, know what your weaknesses are. And this is a silly one. Like I'm not good at math. I hate math. I'm in charge of money. And so I make sure that and whenever I have like percentages kill me all the time. I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, tips are easy. Just double it up. But like I, I just um, I so I surround myself with people that are strong in areas where I'm weak and then not just surround, I don't use them. I want to make sure we lift them up because they yeah. credit for those strengths. And so and I've only learned that from, again, I'm only going to succeed in a certain place professionally if I'm surrounded by a strong team and making sure that they get that credit and we're all kind of working together. But if you're not self-aware and that comes back to that story of, you know, kind of being humbling. Like if I'm not self-aware, then, then you walk into a room and think you're like hot shit. And in reality, that's just your job. And so I think that's that's something that I've learned over time, that self, self-awareness. Yeah, and I think part amazing. of it's funny. People always ask me about being a woman in sports. I never think of it maybe that's, I've always been naive. I, you know, when I was a kid, I used to, all my friends were, were guys when I was younger. Frankly, when I met you, like, frankly, I, I'm mostly men in that space. There were a few women, you know, Christy Grady was there. It's like, but I always, I <laughs> more of my, more of my concern has always been that I'm Southern. And so I'm yeah. different. I like, it's like, especially out there, it's like, you know, there was, there was no one Southern. I mean, it's either they're from New York, you know, New Jersey, usually very few Connecticut people um, or Boston. And it's like, oh my God, they're going to find out I'm Southern. Well, clearly, right. clearly <laughs> so right. I can't fix that. It's, it is what it is. So well, I also
0: think it, it makes you who you are, right? I think that we all, um, and this is what I think for kids. Sometimes you find your challenges and you use them as superpowers, you know what I mean? it's something that you can actually use as a tool to help you kind of fight a fight. Listen, Tom Brady, if he was drafted in the second round, probably would not be the same guy. You know, he was trapped in the sixth round. He used that as chip on the shoulder for everybody else for the rest of his career. You find things that become your reasons. I have mine, right? The things that I, that happened to me growing up or things that I take with me that, you know, kind of like, fuck you, I'm going to do it anyway, despite, yeah, well, that's a little bit of that. And, I,
1: and that's where, again, I think there are certain things in my career where maybe I don't think anyone ever told me I couldn't continue to grow but I, I don't, and I also, again, somewhat being naive, I didn't know that, you know, I would become an EVP at the National Football League, like, I didn't even know what that was, I mean, it's right. crazy, um, but I, you know, I think it's just, it's just interesting, part of that, I think that being naive is kind of nice, like, it's like, I didn't know what I didn't know, so head, I head down that.
0: mentality, yeah. right, I mean, isn't that what we, you know, you were talking about, you know, wins and celebrations, and I've gotten really bad over the years where I've actually had to pull myself back where I don't celebrate wins. I used to not celebrate wins at all, right? You would do a deal and you move on. My, my business is much different than yours, meaning I am I do a lot of transactions. We don't have larger deals or kind of smaller. So I would just keep going. I have taken time over the years now. I, I'm a little bit better at whether it's a fist pump or celebrating something. And I'm just like appreciating it for the moment, and then moving on, because yeah. it is hard. It's, it's hard to close deals.
1: I mean, it's totally hard, especially yeah. here. The internal is so much harder than the external. And I think it is important to take a moment for the team because yeah. nobody knows how hard it is. And it's like, and so yeah. because I know that, um, it's important. I mean, I got my guys for Christmas one year. I got them all bells. They have these like bells. It's like, just ring the bell. Or we have a, a Nate It's used to work with me, and he gave me a Thor hammer. One year because sometimes they call me the hammer here. Um, and so we donate the hammer. I I I've since have the hammer has had a variety of other homes, but it's like give someone the hammer for the day. Like just it it feels good to have that moment and then to move on because you also want that person when they lead someday, you assume right, there's a growth that they're gonna do that. Like they pass it on, they they celebrate those wins. Um, and you know, it's, it's a bit of a grind sometimes. So if you can take it, it doesn't take that long. It costs costs nothing to celebrate it unless you're going out for drinks, which is by the way, that's always fun to do too.
0: Of course. Mm -hmm. So, so we'll wrap it up. Your your day is busy. Give me, um, one piece of information for kind of somebody getting into the industry, just getting into sales, kind of getting into their career or, making career shift, like what's the kind of one thing you always tell people?
1: I, I think the relationship piece is so important. We have young interns start here or, or uh, entry-level positions. You you cannot do your job successfully here or probably anywhere unless you have connections within the building and get to know people well. From So an example here, if someone starts as an entry-level position in the sponsorship group, it they will not be able to have any success here and get their job done if they don't know people in the event group, the legal department, finance. So I think that it's important to make sure you make those connections. But the other side of it is like, if you can sell lemonade, you can sell orange juice. It's a business. And so I think really focus on the expertise within your business. So if you want to be a salesperson, like we get a lot of resumes and, and from people that, you know, that have experience in, in outside sales. I mean, sometimes that's unique outside, meaning selling knives, selling other things, yep. get some experience with, you know, internships are so important to your point of like, you know, how can you get in? You know, it's hard because sometimes those aren't paid, but I think having some experience is really important. Virtually today, there's a lot of opportunities now with internships to, to observe and watch. Um, and look, there's that. The, on the sales side of it, there aren't that many jobs as it relates to property sales, right? Like yep. ad sales, media sales. There's thousands of you know ad executive jobs out there, and those really meld into a lot of the sports side. So that's a, an interesting opportunity where there's more scope and areas. Um, but you know, on the property side, there's not there's not tons of jobs. Same with right. clubs. You know, there's one head of sales, and they have a couple others. I think what's unique is it that it's also interesting on the ticketing sale side is a very different approach, but strategically thinking about some of those. So I know that it was sort of all over the place, but relationships are important, um, you know, and, and networking and cause all you need to know is really know one person and that helps you you know, yep. maintain those relationships and then just getting that experience and understanding, you know, where you want to live. Cause if, if you want to work in sports, just sports per, per se, like we've got HR people, we have accounting people, we have lawyers, we have, you know, bankers, we have all kinds of different people. And then if you want to really work in the sales space, understand that it's not, it's not easy selling the National Football League. It's not easy selling the National Basketball Association. So it's understanding how you can evolve those skill sets to really stand out because there aren't tons of positions within those spaces, but there's opportunities there to, you know, once you get it, you want to take, take advantage of it and do the best you can.
0: You said relationships. We started this conversation off about us sitting in cubicles 22 years ago together. And I think that's a testament to you. So I'm going to give myself credit. i stayed in touch with a lot of people over the years. And I do think that relationship part is so critical, like being able to have a real conversation in real life with people and seeking to understand them and being able to understand them is, is really important. Well, I
1: think Lonnie, what I would say, and I kind of feel like this after COVID, I'm being really deliberate about where I'm spending my time and who I'm spending it with. And that's yep. a little bit of we, that, those two hours, those two years of COVID. I feel like a blur. And I, sometimes when I see my kids, I'm shocked at how old they are. I'm like, what
0: happened? Yeah. <laughs>
1: and but I, I do think that, uh, that more people are doing that and, and look virtually it's so great. Cause it's so much easier to connect with people. And, and, and I think that's great, but I'm so thankful that we have been able to stay in touch over the years. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. You're doing such awesome stuff within your career and it's exciting. And I know our companies have worked together and, yeah. um, and I think, you know, that kind of for both of us and a lot of those people that we worked with, the best is yet to come. I'm mean, excited to see the next time, you know, we connect and, or even if you think the next, the next, you know, segment of years, um, where things go with those, all those guys in that space. I think it's good stuff.
0: It's fun. Well, really, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I love this conversation. I appreciate you. I appreciate your friendship um, and hope you have an awesome rest of the week, rest of the summer. Uh, get to spend time with those kids. And uh, listen, I'm, I'm a massive fan of the National Football League. I am. Uh, it's July 20th, so I think that probably training camp opens up between seven and nine days from now. Yeah, fifth so
1: kickoff is in 50 days.
0: Which I cannot wait for. I'm fired up that the football season is here. Buffalo
1: Bills at Los Angeles Rams.
0: I Let's love go. it. And, and and I'm fired up that you're doing so well. So thank you again. I appreciate you. You're
1: welcome.
0: Have a great one. Thanks. And the light didn't go off, by the way, at all, which is nice.
1: Oh, I know, right? I enough <laughs> movement.
0: All right, cool. All right, thank, thank you. Thanks, Lonnie. Bye. Bye.